Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the last show I'm gonna record for a little bit. Um, as we know, we're taking a hiatus, but this won't be the last show you'll hear. So, I've already set it up. I've recorded this, I'm recording this on Sunday. So, this weekend, you should have heard. The top 11 wrestlers, men and women, top 11 stories. Hope you guys enjoyed. Monday will be a, will be a Monday show, but it's gonna, this show is going to be expanded. Because I'm doing a match of the month, and I'm doing the regular show as we normally do it. And then Tuesday is the DCEU wrap-up, or the DC Universe wrap-up. Uh, my final thoughts of what went down the last part of the year. Um, and that's going to be on Tuesday. So as I said, four straight days of shows. Um, I think we we'll go hour plus the last two days. I don't know how long I'm going to go now. Obviously, I'm going to go like 50 seconds. Um, and I believe the last show is like maybe on last like 20 minutes. So um, they're all digestible. Uh, that's why I split them up. Um, also, I was trying to get 300 episodes, but I kind of figured that wasn't going to happen. But when I was going so long on those, those, those top two, I was like, yeah, I'm just... Let me just split them up. So, but no, welcome to the show, guys. Hope you guys had a happy Christmas uh, or a great Christmas, a great New Year's. I'm recording this on New Year's Day. I was busy, busy, busy. You guys got, you guys probably hear my voice. I'm tired, um, but I'm good, ready to go, ready to get this thing moving. Uh, we will start with some somber news, unfortunately. Don West uh, passed away. For for those of you who don't know, Don West was an early voice of impact slash tna with mike tenay i remember the first time i ever heard his voice i was like who is this guy that's completely over the top you know and i don't know why like i remember one time when i kind of knew i had something with music but i didn't know what it was this chick was like i don't know why i like your style but i do i shouldn't like your style it's not conventional but i do that's how i felt about don west first time i ever heard him was when I watched the Unbreakable Three Way. Still the greatest match in TNA Impact history. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I remember he was just so over the top, and but at the same time it escalated with Samoa Joe, with AJ Styles, what um, Christopher Daniels were all doing, and they, and it really made the X Division Championship just feel more special. And I didn't know anything about Impact at the time or TNA. And I remember immediately starting going to my local DVD shop. It was called FYI. And another place called CD Warehouse. Because they would have like older DVDs for sale. And I know there's still some FYIs uh, out, out in the country. Because I know when I was in Seattle uh, last year, the the place I was staying by was like downtown Seattle. It was, it was FYI right in the mall. Anyways, um, so I remember then immediately going to so let me rewind i knew what tna was but i didn't watch it so that match i need to watch i need to know what this x division thing means where it's not weight limits there's no limits so i went and found a bunch of dvds from the best of tna found this found that and i just immersed myself in tna for like a good six months and i remember just then so all i would hear is don was my i love i've always loved my tna my tna reminded me i love my tna since wcw because my tna reminded me of the guy that's in class that 
is the nerd that knows not not schoolwork, but just knows stuff about I don't know cars or whatever you're into. And you go to him, he can break everything down for you. I used to love his his cruiserweight takes. Like he was always so knowledgeable. And for them to have to, for him to then bring that to the pay per views where he was legitimately the one telling the history of these guys and everything like that. I learned so much about Impact in six months, TNA, whatever you want to call it. And I remember seeing myself, man, like, okay. Then I started watching it live. Then I started, like, being able to uh, do the old school tape. Uh, it was more DVD trading at that point. But then being able to really see the beginning, I was able to see the very first time when Ken Sherrick won the NWA World Championship, when R-Truth won the NWA World Championship. But Don West was so crucial. But but for as much as whether you like his commentary or not, it's not important. He was crucial to Impact in the early days because he was behind the scenes as well. He would sell a lot of stuff. Like he was a, the ultimate marketer. For the, for those of you guys who don't know, he would be the one that put together the plans for all the T-shirts, the merchandise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And because of him, it's proven as a fact. And Jim, Jeff, excuse me, not Jim, but Jeff Jarrett has said, and Jim Cornette, probably believe too, has said their merchandise sales went up when they put him in charge because that was his first passion, that was his first love. Commentary was something he was just learning because he loved wrestling. And um, him and Mike Snake just had great chemistry. I always liked this commentary um, because for as much as Mike Snake was is that nerdy fan, Don West is that overzealous fan. The fan that I remember this one guy when I was living in Atlanta. He loves Braun Strowman. He loves Braun Strowman. And I remember if I said anything bad about Braun Strowman, you, you don't know. You won't understand. How don't you understand? You're a wrestling fan. How don't he was? He was a, that's what Don West reminds me of, is that overzealous wrestling fan that any little move, he's like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. But it's like you see, understand that they appreciate it. Like some, some people aren't just, some people will stick to their point just to stick to their point because they're stubborn. Other people are like, no, give this a chance. This is awesome. You know, and that's what he did for me as a fan. And so those early impact days, I remember they were, they were crucial. Those two being in that chair were crucial. And then it got convoluted later on, <laughs> but he's been fighting a, a battle with lymphoma for many years. And, uh, he finally had to, as, as Mike today say, tap out and, and move on. But, uh, I want, this came at a time where I was like, I didn't know what the match of the month was going to be. And I had match of the month, but I got so busy this week completely forgot what it was and it wasn't because i was like being lazy not writing it down i literally came up with it as i was standing up and i turned away to do some other shit and like 30 minutes later i forgot it then i remember this one of the most iconic moves matches feuds of 2004 and it's still one of the most iconic i don't think i've ever seen anything like it still to this day the infamous classic AMW, America's Most Wanted, versus Triple X. For those of you guys who don't know who that is, Triple X was a team. And I'll make sure I get this right. Um, where is it at? Where is that? Where is that? Triple X comprised of uh, Daniels, Elix Skipper, and um, AMW was America's Most Wanted. That was James Root, uh, Bobby Root, and James Storm. And they had this bloody, bloody, and Chris Harris. And um, they had this bloody, bloody war. Excuse me, Chris Harrison, fucking James Storm. Sorry. And um, they had a bloody, bloody war. All of 2004. And they fought, they fought. And at Turning Point 2004, 
was the culmination of this feud. And the, the culmination came when the losing team must disband. So they've been fighting all year, bloody war and everything. So it's a six-sided steel cage match. Triple X versus AMW. And you have one of the most iconic moments in not just impact history, not just wrestling history, but excuse me, not just an impact history, but in all wrestling history. Eel Skipper walks the tightrope of the cage where Chris Harris is being held by Daniels to do a Hearn Conrana from the top. It is still one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Eel Skipper is going on record as saying that um, he wanted to do that spot three years earlier and he barely got this one, but it but that's what makes it so good. Like I was telling someone the other day, or a few weeks ago, whenever it was, my time frames are off. You guys know this. Um, that one, the thing that I love most about music, even though, even though I don't go to a lot of live shows, is when artists mess up their lyrics. I'm not thinking. The first thing I'm not thinking. The first, first thing I'm not thinking is they don't write their own lyrics. I'm not thinking that. The first thing I'm thinking is, okay, cool. They fucked up. That's normal. It shouldn't be polished. It shouldn't be perfect. It should be, okay, cool. And even if they don't mess up, even the fact that they hesitate at a bar or a line, whatever, it just, for me, it's the imperfections. That's why I like watching behind-the-scenes stuff for studio sessions when people aren't necessarily perfect. You hear them fuck up, and it's like, okay, and they keep going. And so, to me, this was not your best Hurricane Rana. It's not, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, um, it's the... No, it's not. It's ugly. This match was ugly. This match was a fucking war. And these two teams beat the hell out of each other. And they did it to put TNA on the map, to help TNA get on the map. They did it to put themselves on the map. Elix Skipper is now, unfortunately... I don't know what happened to him. He, unfortunately, now is a kind of like a footnote in history as far as um, wrestling in general. But if you're an Impact fan or if you have watched Impact for a significant amount of time, you know who he is. You know how this feud was, it was a pretty dope feud too, you know? And even even though people may know only two names on that, and that's Daniels and Storm, dude, this match, it was everything but that. And I remember Don West's iconic call, he was like, what is is he doing? What's, oh my God, Aaron Conrana. And I remember it just, and it was small impact tapings where everyone would go crazy. It just made, it enhanced the moment. And I was like, God damn, this dude's fucking crazy. I wouldn't have even attempted that. I wouldn't have even tried that. And he, but he did it. And so um, that is the match of the month. AMW Triple X Turning Point 2004. I put money on it. You guys can find that on uh, on YouTube, because Impact has more recently put a lot of stuff on you, their YouTube channel, like matches and stuff. I guarantee it's on YouTube or probably Daily Motion. But you can, that, <clears throat> excuse me. Even if you can't, even if you can't find a match, you can find a moment. You know, but this feud was building all. This was all. Why do you mean it was all year? It was an, it lasted all year. That's why it got to to stipulation where they had to disband. If I'm not mistaken, I remember, now mind you, this is not verbatim. This is me um, 
going off memory from many, many, many years ago, Daniels did an interview and said the reason why him and Elix broke up is because they wanted to go on their own solo route again. Um, and they felt like they had did too much in the tag team scene. As far as like, they felt like they, that one year, they felt like they, they, get, they couldn't go any higher. Like, yeah, you could stay together and win tag team titles. And we, they, they said, the, but the feud was that good. The feud was, it's highly underrated. Um, but it's one of those things where I, I, I can see where, I can see where they came from on that. Like, I could definitely see why they felt that way. Cause it's kind of like, okay, where do you go from here? Where can you go? You're literally still in the shows. You've already won tag team titles. Both teams had that at that point, I believe. You're not even fighting for tag team titles at this point. You're just, you're, just, you're just in a blood feud. And sometimes you just have to go higher on your own. Um, so that was pretty interesting. So, anyways, rest in peace, Don West. Rest in peace to everyone we lost in 2022. You guys will be truly missed. You guys are legends. You guys are important to what we still do to this day. Your, your legacies will not be forgotten. And so that is your match of the month, Turning Point 2004. AMW or Triple X. Um, I hope I wasn't disrespectful mixing those two. Uh, I just feel like I want to tell the story of my history with Don West as far as me and being able to enjoy Impact because of him. So I hope that didn't come over disrespectful mixing the two. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful at all. Um, he's a very important part to my fandom of Impact. And the fact that I know that Impact still has little moments like that, it's what a lot, a lot of times allows me to keep watching Impact. The wrestlers there are cool, but like. I, I remember just at the time hearing that and, it's, and watching it was like the top 50 moments of Impact history. It was a DVD I, I think I still have somewhere. And I remember just, they were all moments that there, but they had like these little gems and it's like, wow, like, that's cool. And they, still, they still have that to this day. So, uh, rest in peace. Let's hit some news and notes real quick. Um, WB officials to be in LA for LA and Dynamite in two weeks which would be a huge night because this week they're in Seattle. But next week, they're in, the only match announced for next week is the best of seven series, match number seven, the ladder match, which I'm assuming the Elite will win. I will say this, just to throw one idea out there before we go. <laughs> I hope Pac and, and, and them win, just to have Death Triangle destroy them and then take the titles. I just don't want to see the Elite win just to go over the House of Black. Now, if the Elite win and they're two beat up from their best of seven and they lose and get destroyed by Death Triangle, I'm all for that. I, I just think I, was, I, just, I just think those those trios titles, for as much as they were destined to be on the Elite, once the Elite did whatever they did in that, that, that brawl for all, those, those trios titles are now meant for the House of Black, in my opinion. AJ Styles. And a house event has announced he broke his ankle. He says there's no surgery required, just healing. He said this will be the longest time he's been out of the ring. I don't know how long it takes for a broken ankle to heal. Uh, hopefully he's back for WrestleMania. If not, he's, he's just, he just got to heal. But um, um, much uh, to, to a speedy recovery for you, my man. Back to AEW for a second. Several top stars. And by the way, this, this starts because uh, I believe Dax Harwood has a podcast now. And boy, oh boy, has this guy been on bended knee, begging, begging for the elite and CM Punk to make things right with each other so that way they can have Punk come back. Um, reportedly, we said this on the, on the show as well, 
Punk has been ready to go, but AEW won't let him out of his contract. And his thing, it makes sense. I don't care what anyone says. You don't think it's a big time match? To some people, I don't think it'll be a big time match anymore. But if he got released, unconditional release, and you pay him half his money, whatever you owe him, right? Or whatever he's willing to take. You don't think WWE would at least say, hey, we was kind of Steve Austin, and we could put Punk and Austin in a match. Punk would definitely do it for a one-off. I can see Punk doing the, the, the one-off thing from here on out. But Dax is a good friend of Punk. He loves the guy. And I believe he's good friends with FTR as a whole. But Dax has been begging. But it's reported that several top stars, including Jericho is one of them, is promising the younger stars, hey, he will, that piece of crap will never come back here again. So Jericho has some weight in that company. Here's my thing. I want it to all make sense. Um, it's amazing how this punk story just keeps evolving. And I, I don't see him coming back to AEW, but you know what? I just don't see Tony Khan also paying him on a big fat contract just to stay at home either. I can see him paying him while he's injured to heal up. And his thing also, he's attracted to his injury. Who's to say he would even be healed by WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know if he's seen that. He's super seen the healing power. Um, but the reality is he, he's going to wrestle again. He is. Before he goes into anybody's Hall of Fame, he will, will wrestle again. I just don't see it being an AEW. And I don't see it being... If Jer, I, I, I'm not saying Jericho trumps Tony Khan. Obviously, he's not. But I definitely believe that if Jericho is pushing back this hard, as the rumor is true, I don't see, see Punk doing it. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, if they are able to make each other happy again, the elite and Punk, do you know how much money there is in the program with elite, with Omega and Punk? Holy crap. There is a lot there. So, anyways. Mercedes Fernando, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, will be at, rumor, will be at All-Star Grand Queendom for stardom. Apparently, that's one of the uh, places she's agreed to be at. Also, she's also been posing with Japanese rappers and all these other things. Like, she, she's not, like, helping these rumors calm down. So, at this point, I know I said, like, what, last week or two weeks ago, we came at, we cannot be mad at New Japan because New Japan has not announced anything. But Sasha is building up the moment for this. And he's, he's, here's my thing. And here's where I cannot be mad at Mercedes for doing this. You guys remember two, three years ago when Sting made his debut? And uh, it, was, uh, it was a big surprise. Do you guys remember what Jericho said? How TNT execs were pissed and said, hey, we want to promote that. Do not do that again. Funny thing is, that's the lowest rated winter is coming out of the three they've done. There might have been some correlation with that. But at the same time, I understood the surprise. It's it's it was a big deal to get Sting. I don't think it was. I don't remember because it was three years ago now. But I don't think that was even rumored. You know, and his first dealing was with freaking uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, and I, I I get it. You want to promote stuff. Same time, you want surprises. Here's my thing. New Japan has never been colder. You now have lost Jonah. If you ask Jay White, Okada scared Jonah away. <laughs> um, no, I, I believe WWE's money did, but but um, why wouldn't you want to promote it? And this is a big deal to see Mercedes Fernando outside of the WWE bubble. This will be a big deal. 
why wouldn't you want to get those sales up as much as possible? We've seen the power of just some, just them announcing stuff. Now, obviously, she's not wrestling, so I don't know what you're announcing. Uh, for my, maybe just an appearance. But here's the thing. When Jericho and Omega made that deal, that was the start of AEW. But that did wonders for a uh, for a New Japan business. I was already going to buy the part of the pay-per-view. I was gonna, I'm, I'm going to buy even more now because of that, though. You know, and I was like, okay, cool. I need to make time for this. Cool. So, this, she's not stopping. She's not calming these rumors down. It's clear she's going to be there. I believe she's going to be there. I believe it or not. I mean, I've had people ask me. But you don't really, I, I do. I truly believe she's going to be there. So, I'm all in on this. And I like how she's doing it. I do. She's not calming things down. She's hyping it up. So, we may see our first Kari, Sane, and, and, and Mercedes match. So, we'll see. For those of you wondering, Jay Ross wasn't at Rampage because Tony Khan gave him permission to go to a college football game. As we all know, JR likes college football. He loves college football, actually. Another injury could have taken place at a live event. Bray Wyatt might have broken a finger. Minoru Suzuki is set to work an All Japan wrestling tour. And I'm going to kind of cheat here. I'm going to go out of order for myself. Let's hit SmackDown first, right, since I'm already on the back page, because I, I have some notes, I have some stats I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, John Cena and Kevin Owens. First of all, the ratings are back up over two-plus million, thanks to John Cena's return. Defeat the bloodline after Sami Zayn gets pinned by Kevin Owens. There was a segment earlier in the night where Paul Heyman warned Sami Zayn to not take the spotlight from the Tribal Chief as the fans were chanting Sami, Sami. So this is... We're, we're coming to the end of this this part of the storyline. And then Sami Zayn was talking to Roman Reigns about it. And Reigns was like, no, you don't do that, you know? And so it's very interesting. Now we're, we're seeing this now. We saw the climax of the love. Now we're seeing the fall. And we're going to eventually have to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens somehow reunite in order to bring down the bloodline and bring down those... Those Usos in that tag team championship run, which will, which will definitely be extended to WrestleMania. LA Knight confronts Bray Wyatt, challenges him to a match at the Rumble. Bray Wyatt accepts. Then Uncle and Uncle Howdy comes out, pitch black, so you can't really see who he is, even though someone catches a good picture of him in the light, and lays out Bray Wyatt with Sister Abigail. LA Knight leaves the ring confused as hell, like what the hell is going on right now? And it, this just adds to the story of the conflict of not just Bray, but even Bray's minions. Whoever this is, I don't know who this is. I, I have no I have no guesses on it. But I thought it was interesting. But it then was announced later on in the night that this match of the Rumble, the rumor we've been hearing is that about pitch black match. This is that pitch black match. It will be LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt one-on-one. I don't think I'm going to like this match. It's going to be good to see Bray in the ring again, you know, but it just, I just don't like matches like this when it's like, I just don't want to just decipher shit like this, but whatever. Charlotte Flair returns immediately after Ronda Rousey defends her women's championship against Raquel Gonzalez or Rodriguez, excuse me, challenges her. Shayna uh, Shayna Baszler says, hey, don't do it, don't do it. Ronda does not listen. Flair returns, rolls up Rondi, Ronda Rousey, become a 14-time World Heavyweight Champion. And this is even with them taking those title runs off. She now comes back in her first match and has gold. According to Dave Meltzer, first of all, when I seen this, I just looked at the, the high notes because I was busy. 
I started laughing so loud. I said, I'm not, normally I would go on the internet for this just to see the comments. I said, I'm not even going to do that to myself. I said, I just, I'm just going to enjoy the laughter. But apparently, according to Dave Meltzer, the plans for Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania are completely off the table now. That's not even a thought at this point. And it's also been rumored that, you know, the, the WrestleMania cards coming coming together pretty well. So if that's off the table, then I want to know what's on the table for both Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. Because that's the marquee match, or so we thought. But now you have Charlotte Flair. She loses her championship on her way out to get married. She comes back. She regains her championship. Where does this lead? Where is this going? And obviously, Triple H did this to, to completely troll the internet. He knows how much the internet hates her. So I'm super curious as to what the fuck is happening right now. I'm really curious, and I don't know where this is going. No clue where any of this is going. But it's it's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Solo Sokoa defeated Sheamus. Uh, Sokoa is looking like a, a... He could be a solo star. I truly believe that. Whenever the bloodline thing is done, next six months to a year, he's going to be a solo star. John Cena. Someone posted stats of John Cena. This is why I want to bring up this first. And I thought this was very interesting. This was pretty dope, actually. John Cena in his WWE career, as of this information, just add one more match in, but we'll get there in a second, has had 2,217 complete matches with WWE. A lot of matches, that's cool. He has won 1,756 of them, only lost 406 and 55 draws. And you can add one more match because like, this was done before this match, this tag team match. But I saw that, I said, what the fuck? His biggest opponent was no surprise. At 261 matches was Randy Orton. His second biggest rival, we all know this, was Edge. 213 matches. His third opponent, which I would not have guessed this, was the big show at 131 matches. Like, holy shit. But this is why, as long as matches with Shawn Michaels, that, that, that classic they put on at, uh, on Monday Night Raw where they went the time limit and Shawn Michaels pinned him. When he was world champion. Um, here's the thing I'm more impressed with though. It's the fact that I and just 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 for me put things into perspective for me as a Cena fan. It's why when we saw him in the ring with people like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and other people that were the top tier, it's why those matches to me felt special. Cause in his era, the guys that ran his era were Cena and fucking Orton. I'm pretty sure eventually. The Rock and Triple H felt sour to some people. To me, it never felt sour because he switches up all the time. You had your match at Backlash. That was just a complete no-holds-barred match. The one that Austin interfered in. Then you go on to have your match. That's an Iron Man match. Then you go on to have a triple, uh, excuse me, a six-man tag match. So, and then you go on to have a triple threat match with Kurt Angle. Like, it was always switched up. It was never just always one-on-one. And I think because we live in a different era, these matches a lot of times they were one some excuse me. Some of them were great matches. But just having the same one on one, one on one, one on one thing over and over again, it's like, uh, I'm good. You know? But that I saw those numbers and Jesus. I'm not surprised he won that much. That's why he got the team the name Super Cena. That's why some people just hate him to this day. But like that that's just telling. That's the greatest superstar in WWE history. There you go. Rampage. 
I saw this on YouTube and I was on, and I, I don't know what, usually I don't, like, usually when I see stuff like this where it's like, um, Darby vows vengeance on Joe. I don't usually watch that shit, to be honest with you. Someone has to send it to me, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it now, because you're sending this to me for a reason. So I just, I just happened to click on it, and Darby cuts a promo about how it's in Seattle, it's his hometown. And I forgot about that. I knew I knew it was Brian Danson's hometown, but I forgot it was uh, Darby's hometown. And um, he was saying how no one believed in him, blah, blah, blah. Then he turns to Sting slowly and pushes Sting, says, do you believe in me? And Sting just laughs. And Sting just goes off on him. And this is one of the best promos you'll hear from Sting ever. He said, he says, don't worry about who believes in you. Just go out there and do it and get your title back. And he pushed him back. And Darby just looked at him and walked away. And I was like, that was kind of a fire promo from Sting. I was like, oh, I got turned on a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I got a little turned on. But no, I saw it. I said, wow, okay. Now I'm more, even more excited. And I love this like whole three-way thing. That they have going on with Joe, Darby, and Wardlow for this TNT Championship. I feel like the, t- the title means more and more now. For me, the title's gotten hotter since it's been on Joe. But I was I'm a huge Joe fan, so I'm kind of biased there. But no, it was just super dope to see this fire out of Sting. And to see these two like who have this like father-son relationship. And for him to say, man, get out of here with that. Don't come in with this, me with this, no one believes in you. Just go out there and do what you got to do and to make believers. That's just... It was fantastic to see. And Swerve Scott defeated William, William, well, ah, Will, William, I'm still in struggle saying that because my accent, he, he defeated Yuta. Um, I'm going to talk more about this in a second when I get to the Dynamite, my favorite, let's get to the Dynamite review right now. So, on Dynamite, Swerve was talking to Renee Paquette, and I love how he, I love how Swerve like, like, kind of like messed with her hair, and she got so insulted. Like, oh my God, get away from me! Like, I love her attitude here. I love how Swerve didn't name the guy who the tattoos on. He said, "You don't know who this big guy is. Soon you know who Parker is." And he just said, "Hey, we had to do what we had to do. We had to take, we had to take him out." And then Yuta came up and challenged them for Rampage. That's how that whole thing came about. I've always loved Swerve's swagger, and obviously he, he's a rapper. He's a hip hop guy, so like he's just gonna have it, you know. But I, I like seeing Swerve by himself. But as he proved with Hit Row, as as we're seeing with Hit Row not really really hitting anything, he can lead a group. So I don't know if he can lead these two guys to greatness, but maybe, you know. But that's where that whole thing came from. It was a little out of its place. But anyways, in the main event, Samoa Joe defeated uh, Warlow after he attacked him earlier in the night. Warlow came out to his to, to, to fight as best as he could. The problem with having Samoa Joe as a heel is the people love Joe so much, they're going to cheer for Joe. And Joe choked him out to retain his TNT championship. At the end of it, he cuts off the ponytail of Wardlow, which is just going to inflame this feud even more. That's when Darby came out to make the save, which set up the TNT championship match for next week in Seattle, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, the Elite... Tied the series up, in a lot, and it will be in a lot of matches two weeks ago, as we already didn't said. Um, this was a good match as well. Um, Brian Danielson has made Ego Ethan Page tab. Ego Ethan Page, the more TV time he gets, the better and better he's going to get. This was his best match in AEW so far, but I, I love what we're seeing out of him. The Blackpool Combat Club defeated Top Flight in a good tag team match that got time. Got a lot of time. Uh, Hook uh, wins his squash match. 
Big Bill comes out, tries to choke slam uh, Hook until Jungle Boy makes the save. Um, and then finally, the JAS, Ty Mello, Anna J defeated Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho. Where do we go from here now? Uh, let's hit Impact. Josh Alexander. I believe by the time most of you guys hear this, January 4th will have gone and passed. He will be the longest reigning Impact champion of all time. Uh, he will beat out Bobby Roode, who had the title for a little bit longer than him. As of right now, I think he's like two days ahead of him. But there's no title defenses. There's no injury. He will become the longest reigning Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. Oh, yeah. Bobby Roode was at 256 days. He'll be him at 257 days and beyond. There was no new Raw this week. It was just a highlight show. That's why they're stacking everything for this show tomorrow. Or as you hear today. Excuse me. Tony Khan, in an interview with uh, Busted Open Radio, says that it was uh, a major impact losing Cody Rhodes. No shit. <laughs> I saw it and said, I'm going to so I can say no shit. Uh, Vince McMahon apparently was the only person in WWE that was opposed to no-cut contracts. Apparently, he was the only one that was like against it. Everyone else in his inner circle was for it, and, he was only, and like, at the time, he was the only one that it mattered to. There's a bunch of rumors about Tyson Fury here. So Tyson Fury 1 has uh, some issues with his visa, so it might prevent him from being at the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania like WWE wants him to. But supposedly, he's also not really willing to look vulnerable or put anyone else over. I don't want to see him anymore anyway, so I don't know what we're doing here. But that's just me personally. There's an, update, there's an updated list of WrestleCon talents that are going to be there. Bret Hart, The Young Bucks, Mick Foley, Sergeant Slaughter, Kevin Nash, Lita, Sabu, the Tonga Kid, the Godwins, Bill Afonso, Anna Jay, Arn Anderson, Billy Gunn, Brock Anderson, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jungle Boy, QT Marshall, Ron Simmons, and Tessa Blanchard, of all people. But I guess you gotta make your money somehow, all right? I just didn't see that coming. Sports Illustrated. Had this top 10 wrestlers of the year, according to them. I thought this list was interesting, so I just wanted to put it on, on here. Their number one was Seth Rollins. Their number two was John Moxley. Number three was Bianca Belair. Number four was Roman Reigns. Number five was Will Ospreay. Number six was Jamie Hayter. Number seven was El Hio. Number eight was Dax Harwood. Number nine was Cash Wheeler. And number 10 was Masha. And I was like, sitting there, I was like wow, this is a, that's an actually interesting list. And, and you know what's funny? Because I actually dabbled until I came up with my own rule for no honorable mentions of actually putting Cash Wheeler on the singles one as well. Because they just had a hell of a year. So to see them do that, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Rumors. Current plans for WrestleMania. If The Rock is available for WrestleMania, Night 2 WrestleMania will be The Rock and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. While Night 1, this won't be the main event, but will be on Night 1. It'll be Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. How Drew, how is this going to work now with the babyface turn that Seth Rollins has had? I have no fucking idea. Don't know. Um, but if The Rock isn't available, the main event, night two, will be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. But it should not be for the Universal Championship because the story is the WWE Championship that Cody is pursuing. But there's also rumors how 
they want to take one title off of him before WrestleMania, which will be the WWE Championship, because that's the one he would... It doesn't mean, it means something, obviously. But that one is not the one with the longest reign. The one that he's had for the, almost three years now is the Universal Championship. So, I don't know how this is going to work. They got themselves in a fucking shit show because this is why I'm not for unifying titles. I said it all... I said earlier this year, I'll say it at the last show of the year. Or first show this in the new year. Why, why, why would you unify titles when you have such rosters? Traveling champions don't work anymore unless you're in New Japan, unless you're in AEW and shit like that. It doesn't work with WWE. It just doesn't. They have two different fucking shows. They have the most television. They have the biggest roster. They need two fucking champions. Your traditions mean nothing. My way means nothing. What makes sense means something. Just saying. Another rumor for Elimination Chamber is that there will be an Elimination Chamber Intercontinental Championship match. It will be Walter defending against Braun Strowman, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre again. He's in all these rumors. And LA Knight. I don't see Drew in all these scenarios. I think people are just trying to find something for Drew. Because remember, the first rumor with Drew McIntyre was he was supposed to be... um, he was supposed to be, how do I put it? Yeah, he was kind of supposed to be against Gunther, right? And that's changed. So I think people just don't know what to expect out of him. So whatever. Interesting rumor. Dragon Lee, this was a big deal. Dragon Lee, who just won one half of the Triple H Tag Team Championships, has signed a deal with WWE. Triple H confirmed the deal. And it's funny because Conan just started taking titles off of non-AAA talent because he felt he was, he was tired of them like missing shows. And now you have a WWE talent with one of your titles, which is still a big deal. But like they, he just won it from FTR. And FTR is in, on this current losing streak storyline. Um, but they were going to drop them anyway. They were done with AAA. Um, but then they also stripped Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara of the Mixed Tag Team Championships. But it, was not, it wasn't their fault. Like, they were scheduled to do a match. But then the match had to get postponed due to Ruby uh, uh, Soho's injury. So, legitimately, Tony Khan pulled them from the show. So, then they stripped them the belt. And so, like... But this is but this is, this is a great this is a great signing, though. This is a great signing. Um, and but I'm interested to see how Triple H uses him. Cause he's been on he's been on TV before. He was, he was just on TV. This is like Roosh's real life brother, and he was in that six man tag earlier this, earlier last year. Excuse me, um, got you saying that. Um, what well, no, do I don't? But you get what I'm saying. Earlier last year when um, when it was a six man tag where Esco uh, where no Esco, uh, God damn it, Andrade Elite Idolo and Roosh beat him up. Just a, it was a one off, but yeah, congratulations to him for sure. So um. Yeah, but it's just it's funny how they they sign him the minute that Conan starts pulling belts off of non-Triple A talent. So I thought that was funny. Um, anyways, that is your show for this for this for a while. <laughs> um, I, I I think I did this outro already on on Tuesday show. But thank you guys so much. Uh, we're gonna hit 296 episodes. Super excited about that. Um, but yeah, we I will announce it though for those for those of you guys who follow me on. Instagram, just continue to follow me. I'll post, and like I said, I will update you guys when I'm 
going to come back and we're going to get to do different format and do some different things, but it will still be fun. It'll still be exciting. Thank you for the great 2022. Hope you guys have a great 2023. I know I'm going to have a great one myself. So you guys be safe. Enjoy wrestling. I know once I made this announcement, I said this before, once I made the announcement, I felt like, okay, there's a, there's a burden off of my shoulders. I just needed a break, you know? Um, but thank you guys for the support. Appreciate you. Be safe. I am the Slow Chemical, and this is I See Things a Little Differently.